Welcome back to our study of God's Word. Today we're in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. We're talking about Daniel and his prayer life and how he has spent three weeks in fasting and praying and seeking God, and he doesn't seem to be getting an answer. And he's primarily interceding on behalf of his people who are in captivity and praying that many of them will get concerned and go back to Jerusalem and back to Israel to rebuild. Uh, I remember reading about General William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army. When he was an old man in London, he was blind and he was unable to do much. And uh, he was asked that if there was a message he would like to send to a big convention they were having, and, and he said, yes, I, I, would like to send, I would like to say something. He said, it contains just one word. The word was others. See, that word was extremely important to William Booth, others. He lived for others. He cared about others. He established a whole ministry for others, and he did not live for himself. Daniel was that same kind of a man. He had a prayer and a heart for others. He was living for others, the others who were in captivity, the others who had already gone back to rebuild the land. This gives us insights into a lot about prayer. Real prayer has a deep concern for others. Also, there's insight into the glory of Christ. In Daniel 10, 5 through 7, as he's praying by the river Tigris, he was probably walking up and down the riverside. And as he did so, he saw a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold. And he goes on to describe this person whose face and appearance had a face and appearance of lightning, whose eyes were like flaming torches, whose arms and feet were like polished bronze, and whose words were like the sound of a mighty tumult. An amazing description. There's no question this certain man, this person, who looked like a man that was much more than a man, was a heavenly visitor. There's no question about that. But who is this heavenly visitor? Well, some people say it was Gabriel, the angel, or Michael, another angel. But it's probably... Jesus in another one of his appearances before he actually came to earth as a baby because you see Jesus was already working with his father in heaven and he made a number of appearances that were recorded in the Old Testament though he's not called Jesus at that time he's described as God or as God's son this is probably Jesus himself and we know of the two other times in in Daniel that Jesus appeared to Nebuchadnezzar and and then he appeared with the three Hebrew boys when they were walking in the fiery furnace. And so this is the second time at Daniel in chapter 7 he talks about this. And here he talks about it again. But in it we see the glory of Christ, the greatness of Jesus. Spurgeon, as one of his sermons, tells about visiting Trinity College in Cambridge, England. And there in the library is the statue of Lord Byron. Lord Byron was a great poet and writer, tremendously brilliant, but he was he was loved, he was spoiled and he was uh, he, he was a man who threw his life away on uh, on things that didn't matter. And Spurgeon said, "Come and look at the, it from the, this point of view." When Spurgeon looked at the piece of bronze from one angle, he saw the nobility of that English poet, so gifted and so powerful. But then as he looked at it from another side, he saw the blasphemous, wicked, desolate, debauched soul that had given it himself to everything except to reverence and honor God. That was Lord Byron. And he died very early. 
Spurgeon pointed out that all of us are somewhat like that. From one point of view, we may be godly, but from another point of view, as God sees us, he sees things that are there that are not very becoming and that we want to eliminate from our lives. And But this is God looking at us as Christ looks at us. Daniel said that as he saw this man walking beside the river, he saw Jesus in all his glory. Now, another insight is into the ministry of angels in verses 10 through 14. We don't know a lot about angels. The Bible talks about them, and it gives us some direction about them, some instruction about them. But we, not, we would probably know a lot more than we do if we seriously, really studied Scripture. Psalm 103.20 tells us, Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. This tells us that angels are mighty and that they obey the Lord and do what he wants them to do. Uh, they're really his messengers. That's what the word means. The first thing that the angels did for Daniel was to touch him and to give him strength. The scripture says that a hand touched me and set me trembling on my knees. It goes on to say later that he was strengthened by this touch in verse 18. It is interesting that this is one of the primary ministry of angels. For in Hebrews 1.14 we read, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Well, the primary things that angels do is that they minister. They give strength to God's people. They encourage God's people. They help God's people. The scripture tells us of Jesus as he was going through the terrible temptation of the 40 days in the wilderness by Satan. Mark 1.13 says that he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. He was receiving encouragement and strength and help from the angels. I don't know exactly what the angels did for Jesus, but whatever it was, it was that which strengthened him and enabled him in a particular way. And so I think it's important for us to recognize that that's one of the main things that angels do. They strengthen us in times of need. In Luke twenty-two forty-three, the Bible says, Now an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus, strengthening him. This was when he was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane and when he really needed God's strength just before he went to the cross. I think there may be times to us unknown that in times of stress and difficulty as we pray and call on the Lord that God uses angels and we don't even know they're there. God also encouraged Daniel by the words that the angel spoke. The angel said, Daniel, you are a man of high esteem. God holds you in high esteem. God loves you. And you see, God loves everybody, but there are some who, because of their devotion to God, are closer to him and and more in his inner circle, at whom he reveals greater truths, a man greatly beloved. And he said, don't be afraid. For the first day that you heart on understanding or humbling yourself before God, he said, I've been working in your life. So just trust me. It wasn't that you had to pray 21 days to get God's attention. You had to pray 21 days to overcome Satan and his demons. And that's one of the great things about prayer. You see, prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer is fighting Satan. Prayer is standing against Satan. And God said, the first time you prayed, I heard you. In other words, and when God hears a prayer, really hears a prayer, then he works to respond to that prayer. And God says he answered the prayer, and he's using the angel as a part of that. Now, Daniel had been praying for three weeks, but he had no answer from God. 
But God had given an answer here and said, I answered the prayer already, but I, I, we've been fighting Satan with your prayers. And the Lord is more ready to hear our prayers than we are to pray. So it's important for us to stay at it. So keep your praying up. God bless you. Have a great day.